We're uh, continuing on today on this topic of sex. If you missed last week, if this is your first time in and no one told you, you're a little freaked out right now. Uh, hang on, hang on. We're having an interesting discussion that really is to say, hey, is it possible, is it possible that the conversation that's going on in the world, is it possible that what we're being told this encounter between a man and a woman is all about isn't enough of a conversation? That what you and I are experiencing is really a plastic imitation. It is so much less. And guys, that's not to say that it's not fun. or It's just, it's so much less than what God actually created this encounter to be. And that if you and I would just stop and take a moment and listen to think about this, to the God who created us, who actually gave us the plumbing, who actually planned this thing between a man and a woman and would listen to his prescription that there is so much more available to us, such a deeper, more profound, more amazing experience than any of us ever had. What if we simply listen to God on this topic? Could it be way, way beyond our hopes and our expectations? And so we've just said, look, even if you're not even sure where your relationship is with God or who cares? Would you stay in the room and have the conversation? Would you simply listen to what might be? And the interesting thing that we think is going to happen along the way is that as you begin to follow God's prescription, that all of a sudden you're going to realize God is smarter than you and I, and that there's something amazing that a lot of us were missing out on. How many of you, how many of you remember when you were dating and you couldn't keep your hands off each other? Remember that? Ooh, baby. Isn't it interesting that often that shifts after we get married? How does that happen? How does it happen that what started out with so much electricity, so much passion, so much fire, you would think that after you've made those, after you get married, it would only get better and not diminish in the moment. Here's here's what we're going to talk about today and ask you to consider today. Uh, Is it possible? Is it possible that during the period of time when you and I are dating, that we are trying so desperately to send messages of affection and love for each other that literally we're just sending everything. I mean, we're trying everything to let the person that we're with know, hey, I care about you. That once the dating, once the courtship ends, once we get married, that there's the propensity to revert to go back to what is most natural. And that men during that period of time go, and and they're still trying to show affection to their wife. They're still trying to send the messages to their wife that they love her. But here's that they're doing it the way that a man would say, I love you. And And it doesn't register for her. Matter of fact, in that moment, because he's sending now only masculine messages of love, she actually doesn't hear any of it. It doesn't receive any of it. And it feels very unloving to her. And yet he would say, "I'm, but I'm trying so hard to let her know how I feel about her. Is it possible, ladies, that after you got married, after you got the relay, it's done, that you reverted back to sending messages of love in a very female way? And you would say, wait, 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 why doesn't my husband understand how deeply I love him? Why isn't he just thrilled about our relationship? Why, why has things, have things closed down? And is it possible that you've reverted back to sending your message of love in a very female tone and none of it's registering? He's not, he's not getting any of it and he's missing the message. 
How many of you have figured out that men and women are wired very different, especially when it comes to sexuality? Okay, a couple of you. We're going to start a little bit earlier than I thought. Okay. There was a mommy bird and a daddy bird. Guys, 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 guys. We are different. This, this topic for us is vastly different. Men come to this conversation of sexuality vastly different than a woman comes to this conversation of, of sexuality. Matter of fact, men, men, men are highly visual when it comes to sexuality. Have you figured that out? Man, all you need is like a woo. You know, just a quick commercial, a little billboard. And you, oh, baby. This is why, ladies, when you're getting ready in the morning and you've got to get from the shower to the closet, you actually have to get dressed to make that journey. Because God forbid that he would actually see you without your clothes. I go, hey, what are you thinking? You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it to the closet. And he's like, are you sure? I thought I saw something there. Ladies, he walks around the room all day naked and you never even think about it once. You've all heard the studies. Uh, men think about sex about every six minutes. As a matter of fact, if you were going to kind of describe uh, men's uh, sexuality, a great way to describe that. And ladies, I'm just going to tell you, there's always a bag of popcorn in the popper. There is. It's just there. I push the button. Ready to go. Guys, how many of you guys have figured out women are not like that? Matter of fact, if you were going to describe a woman's sexuality. And the men are going, tell me about it. I, wow. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of work leading up to this thing. What, what, what? Guys, 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 guys. What if we're thinking about this wrong? What if the differences can actually be complementary? And guys, 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 think about this. How fun would this be? You realize meals from a crock pot are way better than anything you can microwave. How fun would it be? You ready for this? How fun would it be to leave the crock pot plugged in all the time? The men are going, whatever he says next, I'm listening. I'm, I'm in for this message. This is, but yet, you're right. That, that fundamentally what happens to cause this disconnect is the deep way in which men and women are wired differently. Here, guys, guys, especially men, and I'm just going to be honest with you, men, you're the ones that if we can get you to take a step forward today, you're the ones that are going to change this dynamic. You have the greatest potential to change this dynamic within your relationship. And I know, I know, I know, I know. we're going to talk a lot about how this ought to happen in marriage because sex ought to be happening after you're married. But if you're single in here, I'm just going to tell you, you're going to have the opportunity to hear our mistakes. You're going to sit in and peek in so that this moment doesn't have to happen within your relationship. Okay. So I'm just, if I were single, I would be taking copious notes today that I would avoid the mistakes of those who've gone on before me. But guys, fundamental difference. That That's what happens here. And here's what you need to know. Men, fundamentally, when they think about sex, believe that sex is the beginning of the relationship. 
They just do. If we can have great sex, we'll talk about the rest. That's just how men come to this topic. Men, here's what you need to know. This is absolutely, violently counter to how God has wired her. She intuitively responds sexually after the relationship. In her heart, sex is the celebration dance that you do in the end zone of a relationship. It's how God wired her. And if you ask her to be physical, to be sexual with you, and not to have that on the foundation of a vital, intimate relationship, it violates everything God has wired in her. It is almost, you ready? Almost repugnant to her, intuitively. Men, let me see if I can help you out with this. Remember we said last week, remember we talked about this whole idea of the doxa, this idea of revealing our innermost selves, that men tend to be emotionally modest, women tend to be physically modest. Men, maybe this helps you understand what it feels like to a woman to have a physical sexual encounter with you that isn't built upon a relationship. A couple years ago, I, I go to a men's thing. And while we're at this men's thing, uh, the guy up front announces, he says, okay, what we're going to do now is we're going to have this great experience, sharing experience. Uh, we're all going to leave here. You're going to break up into groups of two. So t- two men. And here's what I want you to do after you find a buddy and you're going to do two. I want you to tell them for the next hour and a half your deepest spiritual struggle. I turned, I turned, I found a guy, I I think I'd seen him at church once or twice, I didn't know the guy, and now we're paired up for an hour and a half, and I'm supposed to tell him my deepest spiritual, can I, I wanted to throw up, I, I, you, you could have taken hot branding irons to me, and that would have been more enjoyable than opening up to a man that I did not have relationship with. Because, 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 you ready? Men are emotionally modest. Can I tell you that that same emotion, that same turn of the stomach, is how a woman feels when a man asks her to be physical with him without the relationship? And here's what she'll do. Sometimes she'll do it because she thinks, you ready for this? She thinks she's bargaining for the relationship. She thinks, okay, if I give myself to him physically, then maybe the relationship follows, which is why, guys, the minute you get up in the morning and say, hey, see you later, that was a great time, you wound her so deeply. Because in her soul, sex is not the beginning of the relationship. It's the celebration of the relationship. It's also, guys, just want to tell you, it's why in your marriage, when you're speaking male to her, and she's not hearing that you love her, and then you say, hey, let's, let's get together physically. And she just goes, no, I, why? So let's process. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to grab our Bibles because I think the Bible actually addresses this moment. The answer is going to be different than you think. I just want you to prepare yourselves. The answer is going to be different than you think. But here's what it's going to do. It's going to take us back to that moment in which we were dating. And it's going to say, men, 
If you want to send a love message to her, if you want to engage her heart, if you want the crock pot plugged in, do this. Ladies, he's going to say to you, if you would do this toward a man, it's possible that it would turn his heart toward you and that he would begin to engage with you better relationally. Okay? It's speaking his language. It's speaking her language. It's keeping the crock pot plugged. Okay? So here we go. It's Ephesians chapter 5. Some of you know this passage. We're going to look at it a little differently than probably you have ever seen this passage before. If you're not familiar, go to the back of your Bibles, work to the left. You're going to find this book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Starting in verse 21, here's what it says, okay? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Here's what it's saying. Catch this moment. It's an interesting moment. Take what your needs are and take what you're most familiar with and how you would most intuitively respond to her and check them at the door and say to your hearts, men, what she needs is more important than what I intuitively do, what I net, or what I want. I'm going to take my needs and I'm going to learn how to speak female to her so that she hears that I love. It's saying to her, would you be willing to say that what he needs is more important than what you need? That there's actually a human being in this world that you love more than yourself. And that you would say, I'm going to speak male to him. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to engage his heart even before, you ready? Even before he engages mine. I'm going to submit my needs below my spouse's needs. He then goes on. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to tell us how to do this for one another. And, and look, look, look. As I read this, he's going to multiple times say kind of the same thing. Men, here's what you've got to do if you're going to speak female to her. And then she's going to say, ladies, here's what you got to do if you're going to speak male to him. So we got to do, and look, 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 as we go through, if you're a female, look for the, what you're supposed to be saying. And if you're a guy, look for, but don't get hung up on the words yet. Okay. Cause I'm just going to tell you, there's some words in here and especially the gals are going to go, are you kidding me? Okay. Don't, 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 don't get hung up on the words. Let's have the conversation. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Wives. (laughs) Submit. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Ladies, not because your your man deserves it. You do it because it honors your Jesus. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives. 
Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy and cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present to her himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other kind of blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife, look at this, he who loves his wife loves himself. Saying, guys, there's a big return on this. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and he cares for it just as Christ did the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and will be united to his wife. And the two will become what? One flesh, which is a reference to the marital bed. But I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Think about it. Think, think about this, guys. Isn't it interesting that God starts out and says, look, 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 in this relationship, there's going to have to be some selfless moments. There's going to be a moment when, when he's going to say, look, I'm going to take my needs and I'm going to submit my needs and my desires to meet her needs first. That she has to say, look, there's some things I was hoping were going to happen in this relationship, but they're not happening yet. I'm going to set them down submit them and begin to meet his needs even before he meets my needs. Think about it. Isn't that actually the sexual encounter between a man and a woman when it's right? Isn't that moment a moment in which a man is supposed to be saying, hey, look, this moment that we're about to share right now is about you. It's not about my satisfaction right now. This is about your fulfillment right now. And isn't a woman supposed to come to that moment and say, hey, whoa, 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 this isn't about my needs as much as it is about your needs. How fun is that in a marital bed when both of those partners come with that attitude that says, look, this is less about me and it's more about you. Is it possible? Just, just going to throw it out there. Is it possible that one of the reasons that God gave men and women sex was to remind us this submitting principle? To remind us that real life outside the bedroom is about putting the other person's needs above our needs. That it was to help us understand selflessness. Is it possible? And how interesting is it that God says, look, submit to one another. Then he gives us a prescription of how to do it. This is what she's going to need from him. This is what he's going to need from her. And then it comes back and says... And you realize uh, this has something to do with the whole one flesh thing. This, this shows up again in the marriage bed when you do this right. Isn't that an interesting conversation? So let's talk for the next couple of minutes. What is it that he was hoping for? What is it that he needs? What would it look like for her to say, what you need is more important than what I need? And what does it look like for him to say to her, what you need? And here's the interesting part. Remember he said, when you were dating, you probably did this. When we were dating, we were trying so hard to express our love, we probably accidentally met each other's needs. It's just that when we got married, we, he went back to speaking male, and she went back to speaking female, and now we can't hear each other say, I love you anymore. So here we go. Let's go back to the passage. What does it say to the men to do? Men, three, four times, it says to you, do this for your wife. Come on, guys, we're in trouble. What did it say? What's a husband supposed to do for his wife? Love her. Now, right now, the women are going, this is a crummy deal. 
All he's got to do is love somebody as lovable as me. And then did you see the words I got stuck with? (laughs) This is not a good deal. Here's lady, ladies, don't you dare, don't you dare. Here's what you need to know. What did we say about a man? He is emotionally modest. There's something in him that is absolutely terrified to completely open up, to completely love you and expose himself emotionally at the level that your heart is longing for. This is an absolutely terrifying proposition. Matter of fact, stop and think about the context in which this is written. You're talking first century. At that moment, women, women are not much more than property. This is a revolutionary idea in the church. And as Paul is teaching this, think about the young men sitting in the room when he says to them, love your wife. And I guarantee you there was some young guy at the back who raised his hand and said, love the girl? I mean, I get that she's supposed to do the housework and I get, I get that she's supposed to bear children for me and... And I mean, I mean, women, women are something you possess, right? And Paul says, no, that's not how God built this. Love the girl. And then if that's not terrifying enough for him, he simply says, love her. Just, just love her the way that Jesus loved the church. Just love her that much. Guys. How much did Jesus love the church? He laid down his life for her. And you realize in this moment that God is saying to you, your mission, men, is to love the girl. Which means you have to be willing to lay, if if you get no satisfaction from this relationship, if it never goes the way, it doesn't matter. You are to lay down your life to make sure she knows she's loved. Love the girl. How many women in this room say, I'd like to be loved like that? Okay, there's three of you. The rest of you are lying through your stinking teeth. (laughs) You're not helping me right now, lady. All right. How do you love a woman? Okay, guys, here's what are going to do. In the front of your seat back, there's paper. Grab that paper right now because you're going to take notes because we're going to do, you ready for this? We're going to do an experiment over the next 30 days. And, and, and you, you're going to get two assignments right now on loving the girl. Okay? So grab that piece of paper, write down. These are the two ways you're going to do this. You ready? Number one. Okay, here's what you need to know. Women receive love by being chased, by being pursued. It's why the courtship was so thrilling to her. She loves the chase. And if it were up to her, you ready for this? She would play a lifelong session of hide and seek. And you're going, that's dumb. I already caught the girl. Why would I keep chasing? And here's what you need to know. Guys, you need to hear this because you're thinking male. She loves the pursuit. The pursuit says something to her heart that is so powerful and so fulfilling to her as a female that if she feels pursued, she cannot help but want to be caught. How many guys remember the Twilight series? How how many went to the Twilight? No, I want to have that. All right. Here's it. Guys, think about this. Guys, think about this. Who was most intrigued by the Twilight series? Women 
and young girls. How weird is that? Think about this for a second. How weird is that? It wasn't well written. (laughs) There was no sex in it. Matter of fact, very little anyways. I mean, part of the whole story was Bella was waiting till marriage. It was about vampires and werewolves. How weird is it that girls, that women were highly intrigued by this series? Why? It was the chase. It was the romance of Edward toward Bella. That here was a guy who was going to pursue her no matter what it cost him personally. And he was willing to be ostracized by his fellow vampires. He was willing to fight the werewolves for her. He was even willing to hold off another pursuer. And women were highly drawn. Men, you are dumb. If you don't chase the girl, it thrills her heart. She wants to be caught a thousand more times in her lifetime. Men, this is really simple. Date her. Date her. Take her on dates. Say, look, this is our day. This is the day that I'm going to pursue you. This is the day I'm going to be with you. This is the day I'm going to come after your heart. Isn't it interesting we get married and we stop dating? And she was hoping you would chase her a thousand more times. And I know know all the excuses. Hey, we've got kids and so it's hard. Hey, those little demoniacs. All they're going to do is suck time and money out of you. And then when they're 18, they're going to go, hey, thanks for college and leave. You, you're going to be left with the girl. Don't, don't let anything, don't let work, don't let anything else take this priority away. Chase the girl. It's interesting. Lisa and I will be out talking in, in random groups. I cannot tell you how many times my wife will bring up, just out of random blue, and say, hey, you just need to know, for 32 years, Lynn has taken me on a date every Thursday night. I'd never bring that up. Matter of fact, the truth is, most of the time our date is movie and popcorn. Why does she bring that up? You know what she's saying to every other female in the room? My husband still chases me. I, I was, uh, I was at a funeral, uh, just, I think a week ago. And it was interesting because a young, a younger gal got up and said the, the wisest thing that this woman who had passed away told me was to do a date every single week. And, you know, I told her we didn't have any money and the kids had to be washed and that was expensive. We couldn't do it. And, and this older woman said, do a Home Depot date. No, Home Depot's quiet. Don't buy anything. Just walk around Home Depot. How are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good looking set of snippers here. Yeah, I just... <laughs> but you, you get it was the idea that they were taking time to engage and go after and chase each other. Man, I'm just going to tell you. It's a big deal. It, it's what speaks female to her. And it's what you forgot. Second thing, real quick. Women connect over words. 
Have you noticed this? Women like to talk. And man, let me, let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret. Okay, this is, this is so weird. Women like talking just for talking's sake. Let me say this again because this is so bizarre to a male. Women like talking just for talking's sake in the same way that you like sex just for sex's sake. Are you ready for this? And women bond over words. Matter of fact, they did a study a while back. They took four-year-old children. They put four-year-old girls in the room. And as they watched them, you ready for this? 80% of their play was words, not actions, not the... 80% of their play was discussion. They put four-year-old males in the room. Anybody want to guess what percentage of their play was words? 20%. The other 80%. Which makes this really, really hard for us males, because here's the deal. The, the average female in a day, anybody want to guess how many words? 20,000 words in a day. The average male, 7,000. So here's what happens, guys. We go to work. We get to the end of the day. We've already used 9,000 words. We're at a 2,000 word deficit. And then we walk into the room and she says, can we talk? And you're like, but guys, 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 get this, get this, because this is so powerful. If she bonds over words... If she bonds over words and you walk and you go, no, no, too tired. What do you think her heart hears? Rejection. Because you're speaking male to her. See, guys get it when you go, no, I'm done talking for the day. I've used it. She doesn't get it. That's her saying, let's connect. And you're going, no. And so guys, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to save at least 2,000 words. So you get going through your work day, you get to 5,000. Someone comes in and says, hey, I was just asking your opinion on the report. Somewhere, somewhere you've got to save some words. And guys, so here's what I'm going to challenge you are done. When you come home, what if the first 30 minutes, because you saved some words, you don't turn on the TV and you just talk. And you go, well, Lynn, I can't, I know that doesn't work. Then get up 30 minutes earlier. Get up 30 minutes in the morning, pour yourselves a cup of coffee, just sit at a table. And if, if a conversation spontaneously happens, share a few words with her. And see what it does to her soul. Because here's the other alternative, guys. When you and I do not save words for her, we say to her in absolute, clear, emphatic language, 
my work where I used my words, my buddies where I used my words, my hobby where I used, every one of those things has deeper priority than you. No wonder she feels rejected. No wonder the crock pot is unplugged. Women, what do you, what do you do? What do you do for a guy? What do you do for a man? Okay. And I know, I know, I know, I know there's some women in the room right now going, I don't think I want to get my man going anymore. He's going enough as it is. But lately, 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 what if, what if as you begin to speak male to him, it would cause his relational heart to engage with you? Wouldn't it be worth the risk? Okay, so here's what you do for men. Number one, you need to know that an absolute fundamental need for a man, affirmation. Affirmation. Admiration from the woman that he loves. It's why, you ready for this, ladies? It's why the Bible used in that moment the word submit. That there's going to be moments like he's going to do something stupid. Let's just be honest. He's going to do something stupid. And in that moment, when you kick and scream and claw and fight, guess what you're saying to him? I don't trust you. I don't believe in you. You're about to fail me. Now, ladies, look, 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 hear this. I'm not saying that you can't voice your concerns. I'm not saying that you don't in that moment say, look, I disagree with you, and here's three reasons why I disagree. I wish we wouldn't make that decision. But I'm telling you that as you sit there stubbornly, as you sit there, he hears very clearly, you do not trust me. You do not respect me. And it feels like violent criticism to his heart. It is deeply wounding to him. Matter of fact, this is hard for women. Here's why. Because you're so prone to speak female. And here's what females do. Do you realize that females offer each other unsolicited advice? Have you noticed that? You got women, you, we, we can't figure this out. You will say things to each other that are just horrible. Here's how you ought to raise your kids. Here's how you change your recipe. Here's how you ought to treat your husband. And you just tell each other these things. And you use words like you should or you ought to, which feel like moral obligation to us as men. And we're like, are you, how rude to offer unsolicited advice? Because here's the deal. Unsolicited advice to a male sounds like criticism. You're telling me I'm doing it wrong. It's why when you buy him a marriage book and say, hey, I just want you to read this. He goes, what am I doing wrong? And yet in female culture, that was very loving. I bought you a book that was helpful. Let me, let me, ladies, let me help you with this. Have you ever seen two men working on a car? One of those men cannot know anything about cars, but it's his car. He can be standing next to a master mechanic... And I will tell you that that master mechanic will not tell the man who's working on his car what to do. Here's what he'll say. Would you like some help? To which the guy working on his car, despite the fact that there is a master mechanic standing next to him, is likely to say, Nah, I got it under control. 
To which, you ready for this? The master mechanic will then turn and go back in the house for a glass of tea. Because, guys, ladies, ladies, don't miss this moment. Because there is nothing more wounding and critical to a man than when he receives unsolicited advice. Because here's what he hears when you tell him how to do things. You don't know what you're doing because you're an idiot. Did you notice the ladies are laughing and the men aren't? Ladies, this is why he doesn't stop for directions. He'd rather be an hour and a half late and figure it out himself. Because there's a deep sense of accomplishment that I figured it out. Ladies, the most powerful thing you can do in the life of a man is find something he's doing kind of sort of right. And tell him how good he's doing it. Even if it's a simple, hey, you made it through a whole meal and didn't burp at the table. You say that to a man, I'm he'll get it down to only once a week. I mean, because if you'll admire him for something, that's where he's going to excel. Which, ladies, speaks all the more power. Because here's the thing. Did you know that his heart longs for you to admire? And so the moment you say to him, man, when you spent time with the kids, that I can't tell you how thrilled my heart was. You know that man's going to go spend time with the kids after that. Because he just learned how to get your admiration. And it is core to his heart. Last thing a man needs, sex. How many women go, oh, I'm surprised by that. Sex. Ladies, here's what you need to hear. Here's what you need to hear. Sex is how he receives approval in the same way that talking is how you receive relational connection. It just is. When a man has physical contact with a woman, he absolutely believes she approves him. You've never heard a man say this after having sex. I wonder if she was just using me. (laughs) He's never said that. You know why? Because he's absolutely convinced that her giving herself to him was approving him. It's why you'll never... And ladies, ladies, think about this for a second. If that's how he receives approval, if that's how he receives connection, then in the same way when he refuses to talk to you, you receive that as rejection. How do you think when he comes toward you, Physically, and you say, no, good luck, buddy. What do you think he receives? Rejection. And ladies, I I know, I know sometimes our relationships are tough and they're bad and you go, hey, the last thing I want to do, I'm, I'm actually, I don't even enjoy the fact that this guy, you want that guy pursuing you physically. You want him. Pursuing you physically. Here's why. Remember I said the beginning of a relationship for a man is sexual. That's how he comes. That's why you can have a fight. And after the fight is over, he wants to make it. He goes, you want to have sex? That's actually a forward gesture. It's wrong. It's stupid. It's clumsy. It's teenage. But it's a forward gesture on his part. And ladies, I'm just going to tell you, you get your man to the point that he no longer pursues you physically. You're in trouble. Because you've lost his heart. And he's no longer moving toward you. The other thing, ladies, you just need to get this. You get that sex is just as real a need to him as talking is to you. You get that, right? You get that there's an ache within him. 
and that you are the only righteous fulfillment of that need. You can go have conversations with other women, and it's okay. You can go other places. It's not as gratifying, but you can go other places to get your needs met. He can't. There is no righteous place he can go beyond you. It's a big deal. So here we're going to do. We're, I'm going to I'm going to engage you right now in a 30 day experiment. Okay. Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. I'm going to ask us to submit our needs to our spouse's needs. I'm going to ask men for 30 days to speak female to her. I'm going to ask her for 30 days to speak male to him. And then at the end of 30 days, we're just going to come back and ask this one question. Was your intimacy, was your sex life the same, better, or worse when you followed God's advice? So here's what, here it is. You ready for this? Men, here's what I'm going to ask you to do for 30 days. For 30 days, do not ask for sex. I'm not saying you can't make the look. I'm just saying for 30 days, you aren't going to ask for sex. Instead, you're going to put her needs above your needs. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to have a date night at least once a week. That's four date nights in the next 30 days. And you're actually going to plan it. Even as simple as just dinner. Okay? One date night a week for 30 days. And then here's the other thing. You're going to set aside, in order that she knows how deeply you value, you're going to set aside no less than 30 minutes to just talk. I don't care if it's a walk. I don't care if it's coffee in the morning. I don't care if it's not turning on the TV at night. 30 minutes in which you just simply say, hey, I I want to engage with you. I want to connect with you today. Every day for 30 minutes. I want you to see the miracle that happens when a man begins to speak female to his mate. Women, you are not going to ask him for attention. You are not going to tell him where he's failing for 30 days. Here's what you're going to do. I'm going to ask you to find at least one thing to compliment him on every single day. I don't care if you put a card in his lunch. I don't care if you call him in the middle of the day and just say, I was thinking about you. I just want you to know I admire this about you. I don't care when you find the moment to say one thing to him. This this is what I really appreciate about you. And I get it. You may have to repeat the same thing 30 times. But if you could find, you know, (laughs) something. And then, ladies, I'm going to ask you to think about his physical needs for the next 30 days. You realize one of the most sexy things you could ever do is if you initiated. And so I did, since you're going to be his only godly source, I just want, what would that look like if you really cared about his needs above your needs for the next 30? What would that look like? I'm just going to ask you to do that for 30 days. And we'll see what God does. Let's pray. What if God understands this better than you? What if the reason the temperature in the relationship has cooled off is because we forgot what we were doing when we were dating? And what if men started speaking, I love you, in female to their wives? And what if wives began to say, I love you, to their husbands in male so that they understood it and received it? What do you think would happen to our intimacy? We might actually get out of the plastic car and into the real car. Would you try the experiment for 30 days?
Dearest Heavenly Father, we're just going to come to this moment and we're going to say, you know, honestly, we thought maybe we were going to get, you know, some ideas about technique or some sort of illustrations on the big screen. And instead, we're understanding that what happens in the bedroom happens long before the bedroom. It's about keeping the crock pot plugged in. And I'm just going to ask that you would give us the courage. Because it, it's scary to think of setting my needs aside and putting my spouse's needs above my own. What if they don't reciprocate? But would you give us the courage to try this for 30 days, to obey you for 30 days, and just see what comes of it, and see if our lives are drastically changed? God, give us the courage for what we're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen.